0: Shallowy driving it toward the back post for Zusi, who puts it back across. And Shelton slaps it home. Zusi can have a hit from here. He does. And Graham Zusi reelects Graham Zusi. Shalloway knocks it in. The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead. It's Russell. There's only one. Johnny Russell. This is the Sporting KC show.
1: On Sports Radio 810 WHB.
2: Presented by Michelob Ultra. Enjoy a Michelob Ultra today. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And by Casey's own CBD American Shaman. Score yourself free samples of great all-natural CBD products at a CBD American Shaman near you. CBD American Shaman. Everything is better with the feather.
0: Now your host, Nate Bucati. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, and of course, wherever you get your podcasts. I normally tell you to stream your video content as well, but we're doing audio only this week because we, we've got a busy week. we got to get ready for a U.S. Open Cup semifinal game in Sacramento, and I'm very pleased to say that myself and my co-host for the show, Allie Trost-Martin, um, and... Uh, Jacob Peterson, we will be there on site for a live radio-only broadcast of this semifinal game coming up on Wednesday night. Allie, how are you? What's going on?
2: I'm great, and I'm so excited because I just realized, as you were saying that, in my, I guess – year plus doing sidelines for sporting this is the first time that i will be on site with you and jacob calling a match so yeah
0: it's gonna be fun we have not traveled together as a crew yet um and that that is going to be awesome i'm so excited for it and in a venue i love i have this kind of imaginary bucket list of just going to soccer venues that i've never been to before so for me i nerd out on like you know and i got the opportunity to go to panama city Well, it was actually to La Chorrera, where uh, where Sporting played in the um, in the Concacaf Champions League a couple years ago. Getting to go to a couple different venues in Mexico, I just love that about this sport that there are just the games played in an infinite number of places and and types of settings, and we get to do that again on Wednesday. So we're gonna talk a lot about that coming up on the show. We are going to talk with Kevin Wynn, who is a writer for the Sacramento Bee, who covers the Sac- Sacramento Republic. We'll get a a, a, a basically a rundown on this opponent, this venue, and and who Sporting Kansas City are going to be playing in this semifinal game on Wednesday. We're also going to talk with Dave Borchert, who. You hear on the Final Whistle post game show often for uh, Sporting Kansas City but also on the call of many KC current games and there's a nice collaboration between the two clubs coming up where you can get a co-branded scarf that would go nicely on my scarf wall if I can score one of those as well. Hint, hint, anybody wants to drop me one of those. Um, Maybe I just need to buy tickets to both games and then I don't have to beg for a scarf.
2: Well, you'll be working on Saturday but uh, I'll be out at the game on Sunday and yeah, it's a a fun promotion so we'll we'll talk with Dave more about that.
0: Sounds good and so again, we're we're presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And so quickly, let's let's t- let's re- rewind back to this past weekend, sporting fall to LAFC two nothing. Look, there's nobody. I don't think I know nobody is happy in the organization about four losses in a row at home. That that's a that to me is the number that hurts uh, because that just that's that hasn't happened at Children's Mercy Park since the place opened up. And it's always been a fortress at home. And that's just, that to me is maybe more indicative of just how, how rough the season has been so far for sporting KC. And I thought this game was in many ways, a microcosm, you know, I think they were for the first 35, maybe 40 minutes, the better team um, than than LA Uh, had a really good chance to score with their new guy, Eric Tommy. He didn't put it away. And then, You know, in the second half, the LAFC did what they do to everybody in the second half of games. They put Sporting Kansas City to the sword. I think Sporting you know, would like to have both goals back. I think they both feel like they could have done better on those. But I also look at it and go, man, that LAFC team is one of the biggest juggernauts of a roster I've ever seen in this league, and I don't think that's hyperbole. So losing that game in and of itself isn't the thing that hurts. It's just the context of of the way it comes. But, Allie, I thought – There were a couple of really big bright spots, and I thought it was what we saw from the two new guys who, to me, Eric Tommy might have been the best player on the field in the first 45 minutes, and I think he kind of ran out of gas a little bit after that. But he's everything that Sporting Kansas City have missed from an attacking midfielder standpoint in that game. And William Agata had a snap header on a cross that we haven't seen, I don't think, from a number nine from Sporting all year long. Even though it didn't trouble the keeper, he got there, and he put it on frame. And that was in a short period of time that he got on the field. So I'm choosing to look at those two things and be really excited about them. You were down on the sideline for it all. What did you make of it?
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think especially within the context of the fact that these guys literally just arrived yeah. this week and to see such promising performances from both is, is a really good sign, especially given that you know Peter Vermees' number one concern with bringing guys in during the summer transfer window is just how long it takes to acclimate. And if that's any indication of how quickly these two players will acclimate with the team, just if they can keep building on the performances that were already very strong on Saturday, then that's a really good sign for this team going forward, as they they look to just try and salvage you know this season and start getting some wins. I think you know Willie Agata that header. How many crosses have we seen go into the box with with no really strong aerial attempt, and that mm-hmm. I thought was a. a a really good moment just to kind of show what some of his qualities are. Eric Tommy was bossing that midfield. I yeah. mean, we had a chance after the game to, to talk with Elie Sanchez, who we saw and Elie was telling me, he's like, they made it really hard on us in the first half. Like it, LAFC was feeling the pressure from Sporting Kansas City and a lot of that was starting in the middle of the field. And Eric Tommy, I thought just his combination play, his abilities going forward, um, just cutting out passes and and evading pressure. He just has so many qualities that I, I think are going to really benefit this sporting team and and especially the midfield, and in, an, in a position that's been rotated quite a bit on that left center midfield spot. So really excited to see what more uh, those two players will continue to bring. But, yeah, it, it's an unfortunate game, and, and I think to go into the half 0-0 against an LAFC team, um, it, it's yeah, that that's great. You played them 0-0 through the first 45, but as we know, just on the numbers going into this game, LAFC going into the game had out scored opponents like 27 to six in the second half of games and 20 of their 40 goals had come after the 60th minute so those numbers obviously change now with their two second half goals that they scored against sporting but that's a team that is just only going to get stronger as the game progresses and you know they've been a little bit more of a counter-attack team this season only at about 40 percent of the possession but really really dangerous on those counterattack moments but you know peter vermis told me after the game that He felt that the plays leading up to those goals were too easy, and that's kind of been, um, as he said to me, just the story of the season at times. You play really well, and then on a couple of um, plays where you're you're either lacking concentration or you just don't execute at the level you need to, uh, the other team gets ahead, and then you're playing from behind. So I I think it was frustrating, but again, against a team that is just so so talented and so so dangerous in LAFC.
0: I think it it also – it just reinforces the idea that this game on Wednesday night is now even bigger because if Sporting Kansas City, there's a chance to win a trophy still, and it's yeah. it's a two-game tournament the rest of the way, and it starts on Wednesday night in Sacramento, which is going to be an incredibly tough place to play, a place that's going to, this is going to be the biggest game in the history of a franchise and a fan base that goes crazy for that and a lot of players who are looking to make their mark. So for Sporting KC, it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be a great atmosphere and can't wait. So we're going to talk with Kevin Wynn about that coming up. We want to make sure that we dedicate a lot of time. We're going to hear also from some of the participants from the Sacramento Republic as well as we get you ready for this Open Cup game that you will be able to hear live with us on site at 930 on Wednesday night, right here on your home for sporting Kansas City soccer sports radio, 810 WHB. You're listening to The
1: Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB.
0: And we are back on The Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB. And, of course, wherever you get your podcasts, we appreciate you downloading, subscribing, liking, and telling all of your friends and sending whatever messages of support out there that you can. Um, and, And this is a special edition show presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it as we are... On the precipice of a semifinal on Wednesday night, Sporting Kansas City in Sacramento to take on the Sacramento Republic, and this is a it's kind of a historic game as well because of well several factors, including the venue and the team that Sporting Kansas City will be playing against. And to help us learn about this team, the Sacramento. Republic is a man who covers them on a regular basis for the Sacramento Bee. His name is Kevin Wynn, and you can follow him on Twitter at Kevin Wynn underscore 89. I'll tweet that out, too, so you guys can uh, can see that name if you don't know all the spellings and all that stuff. But uh, you can follow him. He's got great content about a lot of soccer stuff. Kevin, thanks a lot for joining us. How are you, man?
3: Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure's all mine.
0: Hey, so this this Sacramento franchise. Let's let's start with the macro before we even get into the the micro of this game on Wednesday night. I, I think Sacramento is one of those teams that those of us that have that, that follow MLS closely have still been very aware of because of the big crowds they've gotten. They always have seemed like one of those teams that we've seen lately that oh they're having a lot of success at a lower division. And they could be primed for joining Major League Soccer, and of course, we thought that was going to happen at one point. Then the rug got yanked out, and, and now they're not there. So, could you kind of tell us where Sacramento is as a franchise right now, and uh, you know how what what's the support like in Sacramento? Um, you know, how did they take that whole situation, and what are the next steps that they see as a franchise overall?
3: Yeah, you know, I think the the ingredients for it being a major league team are still there. The support is phenomenal. You know, um, the, the venue, is historic. It's at the fairgrounds. You know, the fans, over 10,000 fans come out every week. You know, and they're still sitting on these metal bleachers. So it's got that throwback, uh, Friday Night Lights feel to it. Um, you know, the talk is always about MLS. Uh, and look, admittedly, the rug did get pulled out from underneath this ownership group. But really, I think this team is just, is just trying to move forward, irrespective of what happens with MLS. They're moving forward with the new um, stadium downtowns they want to get built. Um, they've overhauled this roster. You know, it, they've kind of gone through a lull the past two years because of COVID, and um, you know, just a, a roster that I think Todd Donovan said got stale. So, you know, it's they're 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 on the come up again. You know, um, MLS is kind of just happening on the side but I think this team is just trying to be successful again um, and the support has always been there
2: since a lot of our fans won't be in Sacramento for this match they'll be watching on TV and I you're no stranger to the atmosphere there You, you describe the the kind of throwback feel with the metal bleachers and just the environment there but can you get into more detail about what it is like witnessing a soccer match in Sacramento it, at the current stadium and, and with the current fan base Just what a typical game day looks like in front of a sellout, cl- uh, sellout crowd there.
3: Yeah. You know, I'm, I was born and raised in the, you know, in San Jose, which is two hours away. And obviously they have an MLS uh, club down there. And I would say the atmosphere is comparable. if not better not to throw shade at my hometown, <laughs> but, um, look, the, the folks here, they, you know, they have a chip on their shoulder. Um, you know, they, they know, they follow the news. They know what's been happening with MLS, but you know, this club means a lot to them. It's relatively new. It, um, you know, they only came on the scene in 2014. They won a championship remarkably in their, in their first year. Um, but it's a, it's a very, you know, it's cliche, but it's very, you know, it, it, it feels like a family and a community event out there. You know, there's not a lot of professional sports scenes out here in Sacramento, outside of the Kings. So um, yeah, it's, I, I consider it a huge sleeping giant on here. And they, and look, they do fill the stands uh, for most of their games, which is not a given in USL.
0: And we know that uh, this one's been sold out, like basically since the minute it mm-hmm. got announced. And so what's the situation like at the stadium in terms of, you mentioned, you know, 10,000 plus, is it the kind of thing where for a game like this, they can squeeze a few more in and standing room only areas and things like that, or is it going to be pretty much, you're at 10,000, that's all you can get.
3: Yeah, I believe the capacity is officially like 11,600-ish, yeah, that I'm looking at. Um, I I think it's pretty strict, but, you know, um, there could be some standing room in and around the field, but... I can't speak for security, but yeah, uh, yeah they're expecting a, they're expecting a full house. Yeah. Is, is the it, California Fair is happening, by the way. I should say that we have which, a huge carnival happening in the background.
0: Oh wow! Which
2: I am pumped to go check out. By the way, we had a meeting with some of our crew at Sporting just about the trip and what all, like you know, from a content standpoint, all that fun stuff that we're going to capture, and uh, we will be at that fair.
0: We need some tips, I think, Kevin. What do you like? What's what do you have to do if you go to the California Fair?
3: Yeah, well, man, you got to hit up the food, right? Uh you got to get that corn dog that's as long as your forearm. Your forearm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's going to be uh, like a like a scene that's very rare in US soccer that you won't find. Him. Yeah, the I
2: I imagine just with that and in this match, uh, it is going to be a really exciting couple of days or uh how how long does the fair last? I'm just assuming it's a couple of days. I I would bet it's longer than that.
3: It's been running since last week, and it's going to go through the end of the
2: month. Okay, okay, so mm-hmm. plenty of so
3: time. get there early, get
0: there early. Yeah, there
3: yeah. Early. okay, yeah.
2: good Good tip, good to know.
0: Well, and Because when you said get the corn dog as long as your arm, I have to say, that sounds very Midwestern fare. You know, yeah, I, I'm like, like, like that's like right <laughs> up my alley. The fried stick yeah. of Will butter, do. you know, they, that's what happens around here in the Midwest. I figured in California fare, it'd be like, you got to get the kale salad, it's the best. The vegan corn So dog. that's not it, huh? That's not what the California fare is all about?
3: No, I mean, yeah, that's the stereotype of California, but I think you guys will find yourselves at home in Sacramento. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, yeah.
2: No, I, I'm it's a excited. A di- little
0: different, huh? Than, it's uh... yeah.
2: it's going to be great, but but no, yeah. Just to go back to the Sacramento team and USL. I, I mean, we here in Kansas City are familiar with the USL just because that is the the league in which Sporting KC2 used to play in. Um, and, and now with MLS Next Pro, a lot of teams or uh, second teams of MLS clubs that are used more for um, player development have all kind of joined this MLS Next Pro. But mm-hmm. USL is is still a very competitive league. You it, in the past would see a lot of different roster kind of makeups with some teams having a, a very large veteran presence on their team, a lot of older players whereas then you had other clubs where maybe the average age was like 19 years old, 20 years old. That might be an exaggeration, but you mentioned yeah. a, a roster overhaul. How would you describe the roster that's been put together now and, and kind of how it's made up with Sacramento Republic?
3: Yeah, no, that's a great question. A great observation too. You know, um, this is not a developmental roster. So, you know, this isn't New York Red Bulls two or, uh, or the galaxy two. Um, this is, this is first and foremost, a, a professional football team. I mean, um, 22 new players came in over the summer, or over the, the off season. sorry, we're in summer now. Um, but they're, they're a stout team. You know, you have MLS journeymen here. You have uh, guys who have competed in different teams in USL before. But, um, yeah, I would compare it to a really strong, you know, fans of the Premier League might, you know, when when they have their cup, you know, run into a really strong championship team. That's how I would uh, compare the Sac Republic team.
0: Okay, so... You said 22 new players in one off yep. season.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no exaggeration. Only three holdovers from last year.
0: Yeah. Wow. Uh, I mean, that – that, and I know, look, I know they, they didn't make the playoffs last year, and Sacramento's the team, is, as, as you said, they, they're used to winning. That's what they've been about since they opened up. So they cleaned house, obviously. And I, I read an article that you wrote uh, yesterday about their challenges this year because they're honestly it doesn't look like they're having a great year this year in USL either I believe seventh place uh, the last time I looked at the standings and uh, but obviously they're <laughs> they're on the the precipice of making it to a to an open Cup championship but you, oh. you chronicled one of their big challenges being scoring um, is that getting better for them as the season goes on or how big of an issue is is that for this Sacramento team as we get ready for this game Wednesday night
3: yeah, something obviously a lot of people like to focus on, right? But I would say compared so this is actually like almost a two-year problem, their search for goals. But um, as opposed to last year, this year they're actually not conceding. So they're, this, the product on the field is much better. It's a stronger team. I think before the you know, in when June ended, when they just beat the Galaxy, they were flirting with third place. So, um, yeah, the form has been a little up and down this year when you take a step back, but they're they're much stronger now. And up top, yeah, Coach Mark Briggs is, has been shuffling the deck a lot. Um, they have Douglas Martinez, who is an MLS um, vet. He's, he's, he came up in the uh, Real Salt Lake system, who they, they say all the time they believe is the best player in USL, but he's been kind of yanked in and out of the starting lineup they just added another um, MLS veteran, Deshawn Brown, uh, who, who once played with the Rapids just last week too. So yeah, they're they're well, everyone's wondering, yeah, who is he going to play up top? But yeah, other than that, the starting ten behind the forward is set. Yeah.
2: Well, and, and similar to Sporting right now, who just had two new additions arrive and mm-hmm. play their first minutes over the weekend. Um, a lot of questions around what the starting lineup will look like for Sporting Kansas City as well. Um, But yeah, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned a a stronger defense for this team and really to me, you know, one of the keys to this game, at least for Sacramento, will be how long they can, you know, keep sporting at bay because if you're looking at a 0-0 game going into the 70th minute or so, uh, things could get really interesting. So I'm curious for you, where do you see this game being won or lost uh, for Sacramento?
3: Yeah, you know, I think it'll look a lot like the um, quarterfinal against the Galaxy in that you know Sacramento's going to sit in with that three-five-two, oftentimes a five-man back line, be very solid there, and just take their chances on the counter. So you know, their three center backs, it's you know, it's it's not hyperbolic to say they're they're really good. Connor Donovan is an MLS um, veteran himself, um, so. Yeah, they're going to be very stout defensively. They're going to bunker down. Um, that midfield is also very solid. Um, a lot of MLS experience there. And they're going to try and hit you over the top. Um, their wing backs are going to be flying up um, the side. They're going to try and cut the ball back. That's how they've scored all their goals in the Cup
0: so far. Once again, we're visiting with Kevin Wynn, who covers the Sacramento Republic for the Sacramento Bee. And um, you. you you touched on the guy that's in the front office for them, who's who's a big name for people that have covered Major League Soccer or been fans of Major League Soccer for some time, Todd Dunavant. I was just listening to the podcast that he did with Grant Wall. I saw you tweet yeah. about that as well, which yeah. was really fun. This is a guy that won five MLS Cups as a player himself, so he knows about winning. And I'm curious if you've gotten to spend much time around him and seen what, what he's about and maybe what his – is is like what what kind of culture, what kind of organization uh does does he seek to set forward there in uh in Sacramento?
3: Yeah, you know, you mentioned he's had a lot of success in the cup, but he's also been honest about losing a final as well yeah. or losing in the competition. So yeah, no Todd is uh so we see him all the time in training. Um he's really locked in and the cool thing about covering a USL team is that, you know, do get a little more access it's a little more intimate than say you know um mls or any higher league but no he's um he's a really humble guy and it's and it bleeds through the team um it's very it's a little it's a little cliche but you know it's very horizontal in terms of hierarchy um you see him talking to young players all the time he's very hands-on with the coaching staff um he's and he's accessible so i think he's very honest about you know look they are prioritizing this cup run um they in their game on Saturday, they rotated most of their um, starting 11th. So they are really looking at this as a huge opportunity to put Sacramento back on you know, the platform, get people talking about them again, and, and um, back to relevancy.
2: Kevin, what's been the, I guess, the perception of sporting Kansas City uh, from everyone in Sacramento? I don't know how much you've been able to get... Uh, The guys on the Sacramento Republic team talking about sporting Kansas City, but with so much time in between matches uh, and and you know who you're playing, there's additionally, you know, time to then kind of scout that opponent. I'm just curious, you know, both for you and and for the team, just how how do they perceive a a sporting KC team that right now sits in the bottom uh, of the Western Conference table and has struggled but finds himself in a semifinal in the U.S. Open Cup run?
3: Yeah, I think there's that um, that saying where, or there's that line of thinking that you know a team that's in a deep run in the cup might not necessarily be doing well in the season. I think Sacramento empathizes with Kansas City a lot on that front, and um, Mark Briggs has only spoken very highly of Peter Vermees and obviously their track record of um, you know of how seriously they've taken the cup. So yeah, they're they're they look all of their focus is on this. Um, it doesn't matter where Kansas City is in the standings, That this will be Sacramento's biggest test because if we were honest about you know, Sacramento beating the Galaxy and the Earthquakes, you know, they didn't beat a full-strength lineup either time. So this time they anticipate you know, Kansas City to go all out. We know you guys got two new signings as well. Um, and you know, I spoke to Connor Donovan last week at training, they're, they're thinking about Johnny Russell. They're thinking about Daniel Shallowee. Um, yeah, so it's they're anticipating a big test, and they hope to, to get a grab of that game early.
0: Well, I think that uh, we, we all anticipate a, an amazing atmosphere. This is the kind of thing that I think everybody hopes to see when it comes to the Open Cup. Teams from different leagues – you know, in in different environments than what you normally get to see and fans that are really engaged with the process and teams that are really motivated. And I think we have all those ingredients, so it should be a lot of fun. Kevin, I assume we're going to see you there. I've been told our our broadcast perch is going to be outside in the elements, so hopefully the weather is better in Sacramento than it is here. Uh, But that'll be fun, man. Hopefully uh, we get a chance to say hi to you. We really appreciate all the insight and the time.
3: Absolutely, yeah. Our press box is located right next to the uh, broadcast booth, which, like you said, is outside. So, um, yeah, guys, can't wait to welcome you.
0: Pretty good weather in Sacramento, I assume, by the way. I haven't even looked at the forecast. Dry
3: heat dry heat. There you go. It'll be hot, but it won't be humid. So. Okay, yeah.
2: that, we'll, we'll take that any day of the week here. A massive
0: step up. Yeah,
2: Not, not breaking out into a, a pouring but the second you walk yeah. outside is uh, is very welcome. As are the corn dogs. Yeah. So I'm, I feel like I've got yeah. a lot to look forward to in Sacramento.
0: i got to be honest. I'm disappointed by that because I can get a corn dog in, on any street corner in Kansas just to fulfill Nate the Nate was really up. hoping yeah. for
2: that kale salad.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm surrounded by corn dogs here, man. I, I, I wanted yeah. something else, but we'll see what we can do with the fair. Hey, Kevin, thanks for the time, man. We'll see you you on Wednesday night.
3: Yeah, this was a ton of fun. Thanks, guys.
0: All right, that's Kevin Wynn. Check out his stuff on Twitter and at the Sacramento Bee. We'll talk with Dave Borchert about this little collab going on with Sporting KC and the KC Current coming up as we continue with the Sporting Kansas City Show right after this. You're listening to the Sporting
1: KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB.
0: And we're back on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer Sports Radio 810 WHB and wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate that as well. And our thanks to Kevin Wynn in the last segment for breaking down the Sacramento Republic for us. We now are going to be joined by a man who's going to tell us about a pretty cool collab. We like collabs around here. We like when two beautiful things come together (laughs) like peanut butter and jelly or peanut butter and chocolate, that brings up a question. What's the better combo mm. for peanut butter?
2: I'm, a, I'm more of a peanut butter and chocolate person.
0: Dave I, Borchert's our guest, by the way. Dave, where do you come down? Are you on Allie's side with this, or are you peanut butter and jelly?
1: Oh, I mean, I do love peanut butter and strawberry jelly, which may mm. be putting me in the minority, but peanut butter chocolate for sure. Give me a Reese's any day.
2: Yes. Right on, Dave.
0: So the, the soccer version of peanut butter and chocolate, a, a, a Reese's <laughs> – Uh, Now, are we Reese's Pieces or are we Reese's Peanut Butter Cups? Peanut Butter Cup, all All the way. way. Full size, too, by the way. Tastes completely different than the smaller ones.
2: Yeah, the minis are... No. And I don't want
0: one shaped like an Easter egg or a pumpkin or anything else. I want the cup. I want that perfect. I
2: I appreciate them always looking for ways to monetize a, an already genius product, but give me the original yeah. every day. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Oh no. Well, if
1: I if I could have my choice, I'd take the one they rolled out a year or two ago, which is a peanut butter cup with the Reese's pieces in it. Those are
0: good. mind. Oh. Yeah. I don't know blown. if we can go that far. Uh, <laughs> the the so the the Reese's peanut butter cup of ticket packages right, is coming up. Ali, you want to tell us about what's going on uh, between Sporting Kansas City and the KC Current coming up?
2: Yes, we've got the Soccer Capital of America fun promotion pack coming up for this upcoming weekend. Sporting Kansas City taking on Austin FC and the current taking on Orlando Pride. So what you get is by purchasing this ticket package is one ticket to the game on Saturday between Sporting KC and Austin FC and one ticket to the game on Sunday between Casey Current and the Orlando Pride and a co-branded scarf. So the game for Sporting Kansas City is 730 against Austin. And then the match on Sunday for The Current is at 6 p.m. Both, of course, at Children's Mercy Park. And the co-branded scarf is awesome. Obviously, we can't show you that. But if you just go online uh, and search Soccer Capital of America ticket pack." sporting kc kc current go to sporting slash tickets you'll find it there the kc current also have it promoted on their website as well uh highly recommend and two great games at cmp coming up this weekend so it's a it's a great promotion if you're looking to go out with family you'll want to buy two packs because you only get one ticket per game you know to, to mm-hmm. each of those but i mean with the scarf you, you can't just you can't just not get as many as as you possibly can for anyone you're looking to go to the game with because that scarf alone is worth the investment and of course the games as well.
0: Dave do you have a scarf wall at your house? So I do I uh it's funny we
1: have like a basement and during COVID when we all kind of caught up on projects we've been meaning to do I uh I went through boxes and boxes of sports memorabilia because you know I used to work at 810 with you Nate back in the early 2000s and yeah so now my basement is just like sports memorabilia and i do have a window that's just tons of scarves And i have a separate wall in my basement that has um sporting scarves current scarves we want the world cup scarf. um so yes i think it's great and i was gonna actually ask i don't know if ellie if you can give me one of these scarves because i'm i'm working sunday at the current game i'm gonna be there saturday night at the sporting game but man i, I hope there's some extra scarves that, that i can just buy because that's super cool
2: yeah nate kind of gave a little hint hint at the yeah. top of the show I went looking fishing for one too for a free scarf, i too. think <laughs> that shouldn't be a problem um but you know to all the the people with more power than, than yeah. us here on the microphones folks uh, we got the host we... of the
0: final whistle and uh and an announcer for the casey Kern on this guy should get a scarf. well and
2: as we're talking about it would be nice if we can get our whole crew nate you yeah. me jacob dave like all in a nice little uh post-match photo with the scarves uh, there you go, and I'll be out of the great. game for the current on Sunday too. So I'll be rocking that thing, even though it's scarf summer, kind of hot, but
0: all right, that's okay. Let's let's yeah, talk. That being said, that being
1: said, it's going to be so much nicer this next weekend. Oh, like man. the high temperature I think is in the low to mid 80s on Saturday. So oh, love that. Uh, we were all out there Saturday night. It was tough, Nate. I saw you with the suit and shorts, um, but you almost had to be that way. But I think next weekend will actually be beautiful for both those games.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah. looking in the mid-80s for the high for both games. So in the evening, should be really good. And, and, by, and when you're used to 100 degrees here, it gets down into the 80s. It feels uh, dark, downright uh, arid outside. So let's talk about this current team a little bit, by the way, because, man, they have been red, red, red and teal hot.
2: Yeah, um, love that.
0: What, what impresses you the most about the run that the KC Current are on right now, Dave? Well, it,
1: it, it just seems like it's finally coming together. You know, it, it, they had a new coaching staff, lots of new players in the off season, and now they sit here right at the midway point of the season, one, one game past the midway point, and they're in fifth place in the standings. And if we would have looked back six or seven weeks ago, they were down at the bottom of the table, and they've moved all the way up. Top six teams in the NWSL make the playoffs, so right now they're sitting in fifth. And they're just clicking on all cylinders. Like you said, they're undefeated their last seven games. And on top of that, they have three straight wins. And the crazy thing to think about with this team is they're playing well. It seems like they've really started to gel and it's without who we would all think are their two best players. Sam Mewis hasn't played a game in the regular season. There's thought she may be back next month and Lynn Williams is out for the whole season. So these were the two really big money, big name off season additions. And you know, the fact the team is doing so well without Lynn and Sam, to me, that's the most impressive thing because they found a way to overcome their losses and they're playing really well, even without their two stars.
2: Yeah. And so then even when those players do come back, they're coming into a team that that has so much talent and so much strength all over the pitch. Um, You know, I, I was looking at just some numbers today and In the last two months, the current are currently first in points, wins, and win percentage. They're tied for first in goals allowed, shutout games, second in goal differential. You talk about, you know, just how this team's kind of been clicking and coming together. But what I think is really unique is that the team really does get a lot of contribution from both the veterans and then these young players, too. Just how have you seen that kind of combination come together in the way that uh, these strengths uh, of the team are are really coming from players who are new to the league and and players who have been around for a while.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. There's been some key players on this team that are either rookies or very, very young players. Um, You know, you look at Alex Loera, who's her first year and she's played and started almost every game, including filling in for Desiree Scott, who was gone for the last month with the Canadian national team. So she's been a key player on this team and, And really, with Lynn Williams being out for the season, the whole offense would have been on Kristen Hamilton. And Kristen Hamilton's had an amazing season, if not for Elise Bennett, the rookie who's come on the scene and not only been a goal scorer, but a playmaker with several assists as well, both in the regular season and during the Challenge Cup. So, you know, I think if you want to talk about an unsung player on the team, I think the current would not be where they were without Elise Bennett, who really was the the Robin to Batman of Kristen Hamilton. (laughs) You know, the first couple months of the season without Elise Bennett, it would have been really hard for this team to score goals. So I think she's been a huge contributor that's maybe a little bit under the radar. But I think still is somewhat in the conversation for rookie of the year. And then on top of that, you have recent acquisitions. CeCe Kaiser has come home, and she's made an immediate impact at the forward spot. She can also play attacking mid. So I'm looking forward to some times this year where Bennett, Kaiser, and Hamilton can all be on the field at the same time. I think there's a lot of potential in that. And then a new signing within the last week, Claire Lavogé from France. I think there's a chance she comes in and may be an immediate starter in the midfield as well. Uh, but, but if we're talking about players to highlight, I think we, we can't pass on highlighting AD France, who you know came here and you know, there was some thought, is she still in the prime of her career? She's starting to slow down a little bit? I, I think if there was any conversation like that, it's been completely erased this year because she has been unbelievable, great save after great save. It seems like every week she's up for save of the week, and she's had such a good season for the current. I, I think she's maybe the MVP of the team right now.
2: Yeah, currently ranks third in saves in the NWSL. And like you said, it's just is up for some recognition uh, each week. And it's just been uh, crucial for this Casey current team. You know, another thing, Dave, that's really impressed me is just how crafty this team's been on set pieces as well. And I know that a lot of that goes to goalkeeper coach uh, Lloyd Yaxley and and how he's really uh, kind of taken on that responsibility and taken it very seriously and has found a lot of success with the team. Just what more can you tell us about how this team is, has approached the various parts of the game and, and found success in, in this area as well?
1: Yeah, no doubt. They've been very good on set pieces. And I don't know if you guys are like me, but I'm a, normally someone who hates the short corners. I feel like they're normally just disasters and they don't work. And I'd rather just get the ball sent in you know, near the edge of the six-yard box where it's in a real dangerous spot. But, yeah, the Currents had a lot of success on having someone short, playing it back, sending a cross in, header at the back post. And like you said, Lloyd Yaxley is the guy who's really drawn it up. He had to fill in a couple games earlier this year as well when Coach Matt Potter was out with COVID. And he, he said he really enjoyed that experience as the, you know kind of the interim head coach. But he has been a master. He, he focuses normally on the goalkeeper. So, like I said, with A.B. French having a great season, he gets some credit for that as well but then he has been called out specifically on his set piece organization and really non-traditional types of set pieces like i said a lot of short corners that lead to two v one opportunities where the one defender has to over commit and then someone's either dribbling in to shoot or they have a wide open cross so yeah he's done a great job and it's interesting you watch a lot of current games and you know there's not a lot of games where they're putting up 15 shots, 20 shots, and it's chance after chance after chance. But they really are a team that's patient. And if they get six, seven, eight shots in a game, they're normally really high-quality chances. And then, like you said, Allie, those set pieces are another way that they've really found a way to help out the offense.
2: Or if you just send Lola Bonta up to the penalty spot, she's been uh, she's been pretty good uh, from there this season as well. Um, but Dave, you know another question for you, just as we look ahead to the match this upcoming weekend against the Orlando Pride, they're unbeaten in three of their last five, currently sitting in eighth place. They've lost, um, you know, some key players that I think a lot mm-hmm. of fans were used to seeing last season uh, when they came to town and, and when Casey Current played them last year. Just what are you anticipating from this Orlando Pride side, and can Kansas City go and extend that unbeaten run to eight matches, which would be, um, you know, in their very short history, uh, a historic achievement?
1: I'll be honest; I'd be upset if the current does not extend the unbeaten streak. I'd be I'd be a little disappointed if they don't just outright win the game. You're right that uh, Orlando did win two games ago, but it's their only win in their last eight games, and they're also I, I like to look at the goal differential. I feel like you know, when we look at the final standings at the end of the year, I think the goal differential is normally pretty reflective of the better teams in the league. So the top teams will have best goal differential and worst teams will be near the bottom. And Orlando has by far the worst goal differential in NWSL. They're
2: Negative 14. Minus
1: 14. <laughs> so they've scored 12 goals. They've conceded 26. So they did win a couple games ago, but I feel like the current are clicking on all cylinders right now. And I, I just think this is a game. They should win. I, I know it's hard to say in NWSL or in MLS because there's so much parity, but for sure I would expect the current to go out and continue that unbeaten streak. And uh, with Orlando being a team that's not that great and really not clicking right now, and like you said, Allie, they've traded away some big players, including Sidney LaRue. I, I think this is a game the current gets at least one point, and, and I think they have a great chance to get the full three points.
0: All right, tell us one more time about this package for tickets this weekend, Allie Trost Martin.
2: Yeah. So soccer capital of America ticket promotion with your purchase, you would get one ticket to sporting's match on Saturday against Austin FC and one ticket to the Casey current's match on Sunday against Orlando pride, as well as a special edition, limited edition co-branded Casey current sporting Casey scarf. Uh, so you definitely want to check that out and just go to sportingkc.com. look it up on, you know, social media. They've been pushing this out quite a bit. So, uh, Your purchase gets you one ticket to each match and a co-branded scarf. So get one for you, your family. It's going to be a lot of fun. And as Dave said, uh, a much cooler weekend than what we we just had this last weekend for the LAFC game. Uh, So it's going to be a great weekend out at Children's Mercy Park for both of these matches. Uh, And Dave, I'll see you
1: out there.
0: Yeah, you're going to be busy. What What are your jobs all this weekend, Dave? So it'll be
1: uh, sitting in the cauldron, taking notes like a total dork uh, at the sporting game. I actually always...
2: would love just like a camera on you when you do that, because oh. it's not like a subtle notebook. It's a yeah. full like oh, no,
0: legal it's pad. A, it's, it's, on brand, yeah. it's, it's on yeah. brand, too. It's on brand. Well,
1: thank you, Nate. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> yeah, people
1: always give me grief, like, what are you doing, dork, taking notes? And I'm like, I got to do the post- <laughs> you know, so yeah, sporting sport, sport, KC post-game radio on Saturday night, and then current play-by-play radio on Sunday night. And then I'll also be doing the sporting final whistle postgame Wednesday night, which I'm really, really excited about for that Open Cup semifinal game. That cannot get here quick enough.
0: And we're going to have one more segment to talk about that Sacramento Republic team as uh, they're wrapping up their presser as we are recording this show on Monday. Uh, so we're going to have some sound from the participants from Sacramento in just a minute. Dave, thank you so much. We'll hear you Wednesday night. We'll hear you Saturday. We'll hear you Sunday. We can't get away from you. We love it. <laughs> and uh, we'll uh, We'll talk to you again soon, pal.
1: All right. Good talking to you, my friend.
0: All right. That is Dave Borchert. And this is the Sporting Kansas City Show presented by Michelob Ultra. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on
1: Sports Radio 810 WHB.
0: And we're back to wrap things up on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB. And wherever you get your podcasts, we are presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Also presented by Michelob Ultra, Wednesday night in Sacramento. Nate Bucati, Ali Trost, Martin, Jacob Peterson live on site. For the U.S. Open Cup semifinal between the Sacramento Republic, Sacramento Republic FC to be specific, and Sporting Kansas City at Heart Health Park, which uh, we'll talk about in just a moment, Allie. But uh, this game is going to be a phenomenal atmosphere, a phenomenal environment, and uh, a team in Sacramento that, much like Sporting Kansas City, we heard from Kevin earlier in the show, Kevin Wynn. They're putting their eggs in this basket, maybe even more than Sporting have, because Sporting didn't rotate their roster this past weekend, and Sacramento did.
2: Yeah, I, I am interested to see, you know, what the lineup looks like. I will say one thing that may, you know, benefit Sporting is even though they didn't heavily rotate their roster, they did sub a lot of guys in and out mm-hmm. of the game. So it, a lot of the players who will be playing, I would imagine, a significant amount of minutes in this game Wednesday, didn't have to play a full ninety. Um, on Saturday. So I think that will be, you know, something that will benefit the team. But it, I, I just, Nate, I'm always so interested in, in games like these of this magnitude, you know, the mental side of it mm-hmm. and how these guys come in and approach it. And, and, you know, for sporting Kansas City, I imagine that they're feeling a little bit of pressure right now, even though they are uh, the team in the, the higher league and should by all you know, accounts on paper, go in and win this game. Sacramento Republic doesn't just get here by accident. I, I know that this will be, as Kevin Wynn told us earlier in the show, the first probably full strength MLS team they'll play since their previous opponents that were MLS teams had rotated their rosters quite a bit. But even still, you know, for sporting Kansas City, this could very well be what, you know, makes this season a memorable one going out and winning this U.S. Open Cup title. Um, but you got to get past a, a team that is going to be really gritty. Fighting for a lot more than than just uh, than just a you know a chance to move on to the final. I mean, this is something that I, I got the sense is is really really important for this entire city of Sacramento and this fan base that I think is going to be really rowdy on Wednesday night.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about their team. We, we spoke earlier about the fact that uh, that they have a a general manager who's got experience. In winning things Uh, let's talk about their head coach a little bit now Mark Briggs is the head coach he spoke to the media today he's been at the helm of the Sacramento Republic program since 2019 before that he was with Real Monarchs he's originally from England and he played all over the place for a long time professionally from 1998 all the way to 2013 and he says that his team is trying not to focus too much on the fact that they're playing against a team from a division above them. Yeah, for me, I, uh, I don't think it's, it's quite sunk in. It's a final It's a normal game, right? It's just a game of football, 11 men against 11 men, and that's the way we're treating it. Um, and, but you're right, there's no, getting away from,
2: there's no getting away from the occasion and what it is, uh, but we've got to be able to handle that and we've got to be able to perform in those constraints. So it's uh, at the end of the day, like I say, it's a game of football and it's 11 men against 11 men. And we've just got to go out and do what we've done, what the boys have done um, since they started playing the game.
0: Okay, so there's Mark Briggs. They're not worried about it being an MLS team. You know, I, I think we can hear all of those types of things. And I think that's what you tell yourself and you try to do. But look, some of these players on the Sacramento roster have played in MLS before. They know the standard all these guys would probably like to play in major league soccer. And this is an opportunity for them to go prove what they can do against the team. And I don't think it matters to them where sporting Kansas city are in the standings at all. They just know this is an MLS team. That's really good.
2: Yeah. And I, I I would imagine too, that, you know, for sporting Kansas city, we've seen, them do things in U S open cup play this season that they haven't really been able to do in MLS regular season play, whether that's coming from behind or scoring multiple goals a game and just really putting stringing together some really uh, inspired performances. And, you know, we heard Kevin Wynn tell us earlier that, you know, these guys are well aware that Johnny Russell and Daniel Shalloway are coming to town, and Daniel Shalloway's had some success in the Open Cup so far this year. Johnny Russell, I don't think has a goal in Open Cup play, but is certainly, you know, if he's looking to to kind of get on the score sheet, I think this will be the game that he'll do it. And then you've got players that they have no scouting report on, and Eric, Tommy, and Willie Agata. Um, I don't think, I don't think that this Sacramento Republic team, as you know, we just heard, uh, is putting too much weight in the fact that this is a, an MLS team. I, I would imagine that if anything, you know, you might play a little bit looser when you're the underdog, you, you've got a little bit more to prove and, Hey, if everyone's counting you out, well, let's just go, let's just go prove them wrong. And so for, if anything, maybe a little bit more pressure on sporting Kansas city in that sense that, You know, they aren't the underdog coming into this game, and it's going to be in a really tough environment against a team that has a chance to make history.
0: And they've got some veterans on the team, such as Rodrigo Lopez. This is a midfielder who was the first signing in club history. By the way, they won USL Championship in 2014, Mm -hmm. their first year in the league, and he was the MVP of the USL Championship final. Um, and they when they won in their inaugural season last year he left and went to Rio Grande Valley they had a bad season didn't make the playoffs he's back and they are right above the playoff line right now not having a great year but still you know better than last year and and they're hoping to obviously win a USL or a US Open Cup championship now so let's hear from Rodrigo Lopez they called him Roro on the uh, on the conference call today. And he talked about the home crowd. This thing's been announced as a sellout for some time. Kevin Wynn told us they get over ten thousand fans a game. He's excited to see the home crowd get a chance to cheer on their team in such a big setting.
1: Yeah. Um, I think the the reaction of of Sacramento the City, the fans, um, you could see, you know, how excited we were to host the game, the semifinal. Obviously it's a historic match and with with us in league play and our schedule, I think this, this fit fairly well um to be able to host and uh uh, yeah i mean we love playing in front of our fans i think we have the best fans in in the usl so um you know the boys love playing in front of our home crowd and you know we've done fairly well for ourselves at at home so um you know we're just we're just excited um the boys are excited to play in front of a sold out uh, heart health park and they're gonna see you know, what Sacramento fans are all about.
0: So Rodrigo Lopez is a guy to keep an eye on, uh, Ali, is uh, they do have some veterans. They have guys that will not be in awe of this moment, and I think that's another thing that makes them dangerous.
2: Yeah, well, first off, just his comment on the fans. I mean, as we've seen in these types of games, the fans can make a huge difference in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when it comes to, you know, this veteran, uh, the veteran presence that, you know, the Sac- Sacramento Republic team does have, as we... You know, talked with Kevin about earlier in the show, they did just bring in uh, Deshaun Brown, who is a, a veteran uh, MLS attacking player. He's going to have a lot of experience and could help a team that has maybe struggled to find the back of the net, but defensively has been really solid uh, this season. And, and I don't know about you, but when it comes to a game like this, The longer that a team like Sacramento can stay in the game and not be playing from behind, uh, I think the more dangerous they become as the game goes on. Because if you get, uh, you know, a player like a Deshaun Brown or one of their other, uh, you know, players who kind of have that experience, if you get them out on the break, that could be the difference of a win or a loss for Sporting Kansas City. So I think when it comes to what could be the difference, I think some of the veterans that the Sacramento Republic team has could be the difference uh, for them going into this game. Because, they have some of that experience. They know what it's like, and, and even though this is a team that's in a, a different league and in a, a lower division, um, these players have experience playing in high-level competitions and you know matches of this magnitude. So I don't think the moment's going to be too big for anyone on the field.
0: And when it comes to that crowd, here's here's some info on the stadium in which the Republic play now. Now I would point out they also, if you go to their website, are already touting their new stadium that they want to have built here in the very near future. And that's going to be rail yard station in the rail yard. Apparently that's a district in uh, Sacramento. That's uh, one of those areas that they think is going to be primed for a state of the art soccer complex. So even though they're not an MLS team on the come up the way we thought they were a couple years ago, they're still looking to build that state-of-the-art stadium and grow and grow and grow. And they got the fan base to support it. But for now, they play at Heart Health Park at the Cal Expo and State Fair. And I'm reading from the website, the Cal Expo State Fair here. Constructed in 2014, it's now called Heart Health Park, is a premier sports and entertainment venue in the official home pitch of Sacramento Republic FC. Nestled on the grounds of the Cal Expo, Heart Health Park is one of the largest professional soccer pitches in the United States. I think that's going to be interesting. We might want to talk to Peter Burmese about that. I know when they go down to play, like for example, against the Galaxy, Peter always talks about the width of the pitch there being bigger than other places, and they measure Mm -hmm. that off. I actually think that can sometimes be a good thing for Sporting KC, the way they like to ping the ball around and let the ball do the work and spread things out, use the width of the field, if that's the case, if that's what they, I'm assuming, that's what they mean there by largest professional soccer pitches. That's the field. That's yeah. not the stands. The stands it says seats approximately twelve thousand, uh, providing an intimate experience for Sacramento soccer and rugby fans. Uh, it includes concessions, merchandise, VIP seating, and a state-of-the-art digital video board. So. There you go, and as you mentioned earlier, Allie. Obviously, I'm looking at a picture right here. The Cal State Fair is going on. In the, you can see the big Ferris wheel in the background and all that. I'm going to stay off the carnival rides. <laughs> I just have a thing; they make me nervous. Uh, but uh, but I, I'll I'll check out State Fair with you. Yeah, I'm not am not a big
2: ride person. I, I get like yeah. You know, I motion th- sickness. It's kind of, it runs in the family. I just
0: don't trust the portable ones. You know, like if it's yeah. a, if it's like Worlds of Fun and the thing's been there for years, I, f- I feel a right, little like bit. Right, like they just set this up it's like, yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah, and who set it up? I didn't see them set it up. I just don't trust those, I, that, you know. I'll I'm stick sure to it's the all, corn dogs, okay? I'm sure it's past all the codes and everything, but I'm just not doing it. <laughs>
2: no, I, hey, we got to make it to the game in yeah. one piece. And yeah. it is, it's going to be a great game. And, and, you know, we've heard so many times from the Sporting KC team this you know, during this open cup run leading up to it and throughout um, just how much they're putting into it and how excited they are for this opportunity and, and a big, big chance uh, Wednesday night, their first time in this competition, playing away from home uh, it, with a lot on the line. So uh, I'm excited to see what this team can bring and and just, just know that they are incredibly fired up, especially given, uh, you know, how the rest of the season's gone. They've really seen this as an opportunity to, to go out and, and win something and, and, Prove to themselves and to everybody else that hey, we're you know we we're still a good team you know despite all all else and uh, Daniel Shawley's described the 2017 Open Cup as his most fond memory being with the club so uh, and I think a lot of Sporting KC fans can attest to that as well.
0: Potential for a rematch if Sporting win and New York Red Bulls win. It would be a rematch at Children's Mercy Park of that 2017 final. And we'll find out before Sporting take the field on Wednesday night because Orlando and New York will be playing uh, three hours before uh, we kick off. So their game will be done and dusted and we'll know uh, what's at stake for sure when Sporting take the field against the Sacramento Republic at 9.30 on Wednesday night. And you can hear the action live right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. So for Kevin Wynn, for Dave Borchert, and for Ally Trost Martin, and I believe I only forgot the Martin once on no, the show I don't today. Think you did one did time. I? I thought I did at the beginning. I don't know. But if I did, it was only one time, which means my batting average improves every single week. We will be back with you next week right here on the Sporting Kansas City show.